0: Welcome to the Rock is George podcast. I'm your host, George Dion, and this is episode 127. Thank you for tuning in. Be sure to hit the like, follow, or subscribe button on the platform that you're listening to us on. You can also check me out at the loudest.com on the planet, knac.com, for exclusive interviews, live show reviews, photos, album reviews, and more, not available on the Rock is George podcast. My guest for this episode is vocalist Mark Evans of the band Heaven's Edge. Heaven's Edge is going to be releasing their first studio album in 33 years on May 12th through Frontier's Music. It's called Get It Right. If you're a fan of 80s melodic rock or a fan of rock radio, back in the day you probably remember their self-titled album from 1990. They released the singles Skin to Skin, find another way, and the song that seems to be all over every streaming platform, Come Play the Game, that was the song that helped me discover Heaven's Edge long after the band had packed it up. Of course, the band is back with their latest album, Get It Right, and we're going to find out how they all came back together, what they were doing in their downtime, and what their future holds for them. So here's vocalist Mark Evans of Heaven's Edge. If I knew absolutely nothing about Heaven's Edge, how would you describe the band's music to me?
1: I'd say we're a melodic hard rock band with a little bit of an edge. Um, But, you know, it's tough. The the time that we were out before, everybody labeled everybody hair bands, and, you know, which, you know, I never got there. You know, hair bands to me was kind of demeaning. Like, all you guys, all you're doing is trying to look good. And, you know, it's more about the look and the music. And with us... You know the look was what it was because that's what people looked like at the time. Um, but you know we always felt that musically the band. You know I was fortunate to you know land in a band and start writing music with a guy as talented as Reggie Wu. Um, and then when we put the rest of the band together, these guys can play. And uh, we didn't want it to just be like oh well, we're just going we're just going to look look pretty and write you know we just we wanted to make sure that there was a little bit of substance behind it. So I guess you know kind of hard to label because we've got very melodic ballad type stuff to very heavy in fact on the first record even thrashy kind of stuff so we've got a little bit of everything
0: i'll agree with that and your latest album is get it right coming out on may 12th through frontiers music it's your first studio album in about 33 years or so yes. <laughs> uh, get it right is that kind of the mantra of the band putting this album together after such a long break
1: absolutely um we were we couldn't you know as anything when you're trying to come up with you know band name album name whatever you know we're we're going back and forth and back and forth and um it was back i guess in the fall uh because i mean we've been We've been fortunate. we've been able to listen to this record since last year back in the fall when it was done and mixed and i was sitting out back with my wife and i think a couple of my kids were over and we were playing the rough mixes that had come over of the of the different songs and uh it was the song when the lights go down which was just the third release that had just come out a little bit ago um and there's a line in the bridge of that song um, that says, get it right. Um, and you know, we we're out there listening to the song and my wife just went, well, get it right. I mean, that's kind of, that could be a cool title, you know? And I I was like, I kind of like that. And I texted it to the rest of the band and we all were pretty much in agreement. Like just that it's, it's been a long time. Um, most bands don't get a second chance, like not a chance. It, <laughs> let me reword that this isn't a chance like it was 33 years ago where we could build a career out of this and, or try to anyway, or hope to, um, it's a different type of a chance that we're getting right now, which is just to put new music out after all these years with a great label, um, and, and get some exposure to that music. But we just, after all this time and people now with social media can be very, very complimentary, and at the same time, they can be very, very critical. You know, i I'll i once I knew that our album was done or getting close to done, I'd start paying more attention to other artists that were putting stuff out and you'd start reading the reviews. And you know, as, as much as musicians and songwriters and performers, as, as much as we're into music, the people that listen to it, some of them are just so into it. And you get this, you know, it's like a small novel about the, their, you know, the experience of listening to the record and what they liked and what they didn't like and why they liked it and why they didn't like it and stuff. So it, it, it became more and more important for us with this record to hopefully get it right because we want people to, after all this time, listen to it and go, ah, this is great. I love listening to this. I'm, I'm enjoying this, which is our main goal. We just want people to enjoy it as much as we enjoyed making it, as much as we had... Enjoyed being able to sit back and listen to it when it was done.
0: Well, I'll tell you, being a music fan for 46 years or so of my life and being on the critical end of things, you certainly got it right. And a lot of the critics think you got it right. So yeah. there's something to be proud of.
1: Well, thank you very much. We we uh we are just so beyond excited. It's almost like, uh, you know, it, it's almost like Christmas when you know, like you got your your wife or your husband or your kids or something that really special gift. And then just as much as they're waiting for Christmas morning to get that gift or to get any, you know, any of the gifts, the presents are going to be there. It's kind of that feeling, like we have this thing that we just want everybody to hear and we want everybody to experience because we want to know if they like it or not. We want them to enjoy it. And um so for us, it's that anticipation too. Like, Oh, come on. Like, you know, we're we're actually excited because uh, next weekend, I'm not sure when this is airing um, or if it's airing right now. It may be. But uh, next weekend, we're playing at the M3 Festival down in Maryland. And um, the people that, that uh, uh, run M3 were generous enough to um, host our record release party, even though it's technically a week early. Um, because the record won't be out until the following Friday, they were very generous where we're going to be able to go back to the the big hotel where all the bands and everybody stays, and um, they're going to have a stage set up and a PA and all the gear and everything, and we're going to have a record release party. And uh, Frontier's Records was nice enough to send us a whole lot of copies of the CD and even some copies of the vinyl of the record so people that come to M3 are actually going to, if they want to purchase the uh, the CD or the vinyl, they're actually going to be able to get it a week early. So we'll actually get some reaction a little bit early.
0: <laughs> uh, let's talk a little bit about the uh, music you've released so far from the album. Uh, if you don't mind talking a little right. bit about the song Had Enough and kind of what what inspired that the lyrics for that one.
1: Um, that song is uh, it's one of the songs, one of the four songs on the record that Reggie and I wrote uh, with a guy named Jacob Bunton. Uh, we had Reggie and I were in the process of writing the the writing this record, and also pulling together you know a couple of songs that were you know that we had had from you know maybe a few years ago or something, and there were a few songs that we that were really close you know we're like we know there's something special here, but we're just not unlocking it you know what I mean it needs just that other ear and uh, our drummer introduced us to uh, Jacob Bunsen who is a phenomenal incredibly talented musician and songwriter and producer. And um, Had Enough was one of those songs. And we had sent it out to him. And, uh, you know, it, would, it had started out as just being this aggressive, maybe a little bit heavier, you know, it is detuned just because we liked the sound of it, not because we were trying to be grungy or anything like that. Um, it just sounded fat in that, in the, that key with it detuned. But when it was written, and when I came up with the uh, the chorus of "Had enough," it was really in, right in the midst of the COVID, the pandemic, the the politics. Everybody hates everybody for hating everybody else, and all the other crap that's going on in the world. And it was just kind of really written about that, just being just you know fed up, just looking, just being had, you know, just, just have had enough of it, just really wanted to get back to normal, get back to life, get back to going out and playing shows again and getting in front of people and being around people and not being so isolated. And hopefully once that would happen, people might not be as angry as they've been. Fortunately, that's... (laughs) People are still angry, but we're just saying with it that we've had enough.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, If I had to pick my favorite song in the album, I'd go with What Could Have Been. Fantastic song if you want to get a little bit into the story behind that song
1: okay um that's actually the oldest song uh that's on the record reggie and i wrote that probably about 12 or 13 years ago and um we had a, maybe a couple years after that we had uh, tried putting a, we did put a band together um with a couple of uh other local musicians uh, jim Dernick and uh john dennis playing the other guitar and we were trying to write stuff that was away from the style of Heaven's Edge, trying to do something different. But what could have been it had already been written, and we all really liked the song. So we started doing the Ever After version, which was a little different than this one. But even with Ever After, we were the song, we just couldn't. Same thing with this Jacob thing. We we're like, the song's really good, but it just needs something. And so that was one of the songs we sent to Jacob. And, um, he added a little bridge section to it and changed one of the lines in the course. And that was it. And he sent it back to us and we went, Holy shit. That's what it was missing. <laughs> you know? And, um, I think actually, and I think that might've been the first one that we worked on together with him. Cause like I said, it was an older song. We just wanted to see if somebody else could, you know, put that cherry on top of it, I guess. And, um, and it was great. And after he sent it back, we were like, "Oh my god, you know, somebody else to work with. Maybe we've we just found thirty years too late. We found our you know our mutt Lang, or you know <laughs> that you know that uh, sixth member in the studio kind of guy." But it was just it was great. But we so you know he had uh, you know tweaked those couple things, but the song itself was written about um, all of the times over the years since back in the 90s when we split up and moved on and went on with our lives that if we had been as successful as we had hoped we were going to be back then and had been as successful as the people that really liked the band expected us to be we would have been on tour all the time um hopefully we would have made uh you know a lot of money and all that wonderful stuff but That didn't happen, obviously. And when everything ended for Heaven's Edge, we all kind of moved on with our lives. And, you know, I was already married. I already had one child um, and another one on the way and just decided to go, no, you know, this is, you know, the music business has passed me by for now. It's now grunge. I don't get it, can't write it. So I got to move on. So just went home and started raising the family, ended up with a third child. And, uh, you know, great job, beautiful home, beautiful wife, three great kids. And when people would say, you know, yeah, but, you know, you guys should have this, you should have that. Well, yeah, we that should have happened back then. But because it didn't, I'm still with my wife. I have three great kids. And if somebody were to come up to me and say, hey, you know what? I have the power. I can switch it. And all your dreams from back then are going to be true, but your life's going to change. For all all the rich, you know, the fame and glory and money and everything else that you could offer me from back then, I would never trade that for the family and the life that I have now. And so it was written to try and say that, you know, what could have been is... What my music career was from back then. That is what could have been. I would never want the life that I have and the family that I have to ever become what could have been, if that makes sense. Weird little twist on words. But when I had written it, Reggie was just like, oh my God, I, I love that. I feel exactly the same way, you know, and all of us do. We're really lucky. Uh, <laughs> Dave, our drummer, who is in the business, he's a record executive. He had put it really well a bunch of years ago. He's like, guys, he said, I've worked with, you know, a lot of these bands, um, or members of the bands or people around these bands. He said, you know, the bands that weren't Def Leppard and Motley Crue and Bon Jovi and that level of band, the bands below that are, you know, they're our age. I mean, I'm 61 now, you know, they're our age and they're out there traveling around the country in a, you know, in a van or whatever, you know, and, you know, just getting by, you know, yes, they're out there making music and they're getting to play in front of the fans and play in front of people and, and do all that. But I don't want, that I'm too old for that, you know? So now for us, a few times a year, we get to kind of, you know, pierce the veil and and see the other side of the curtain again for a weekend or, if it's the Monsters of Rock cruise for a week and get to go and and live that life. But then when we're done, we get on a plane, we fly home and we're, and back to our regular lives. So we're really lucky. We kind of, we've got the best of both worlds with it. I
0: I was just going to say that you got the best of both worlds at this point. So it all kind of worked out just in, in not in the way you planned it when you were younger. Exactly. Uh, Let's talk about, when the Lights Go Down, that's, I believe, your latest single, if you want to yes. talk a little bit about that one.
1: Yeah, that song came about um, when uh, when George Gadotti, when our bass player had passed away a few years ago. While well, he was, you know, going through his, uh, you know, the being sick and everything, he was like, oh, I, you know, it, you know, if anything happens, you know, I'm, I'm going to give you my bass, you know, my stage bass, because I'm also a bass player. Um, and uh, you know, when he told Reggie he wanted to give him his, you know, his favorite, you know, acoustic guitar, his favorite guitar, and so mm-hmm. that's what happened. And when when I went up, uh, when his wife had called me, um, a few weeks after he had passed, and um, and you know, and after the funeral and, and such, she called me up and she said, you know, George wants you to have this bass if you want to come up, you know. Come over to the house, and and uh, you know, I'd like to give it to you. And in talking to her in that meeting when she was giving me uh, George's face, she had said the line. She had said to me, "She said, when will the memories make me smile again?'" You know, and you know, having lost George, and then a couple years later, uh, losing one of my best friends in the world, the same way I lost George. And watching it happen, and going through it with them, and going through it with their um, with their families and their loved ones and, and wives and such. The song was initially written by. Re- oh, I got. A, I went a little off track. Sorry. Um, so this the Reggie came up with the music. He had gone up to see uh, to see George's wife, George's widow Dawn, and he got the acoustic guitar, and he came home that night. And a little later that night, he sent me just like a little audio file you can do on your iPhone. He goes, Mark, I just got George's guitar, you know, and it's Gigi's guitar. So I tuned it to an open G and just started playing. And I came up with this, you know, this music, this acoustic thing. And I was like, oh, I love it. So I took that and wrote the initial version of When the Lights Go Down. And initially it was written very more specifically about, about George, a lot more sentimental about George and about that. And, but it was a little, almost too personal. Um, And so, and this was before we got signed. So it wasn't like, Oh, this is going to be an out on an album someday. But then after going through it again uh, with my friend Pete and uh, you know, going through it with, him and his family and his wife and everything. Um, the song had another rewrite after that. Um, and then we sent it out to Jacob for Jacob to put his little special sauce on it as well. But I tried to write the song in the perspective of the people that are left behind. You know, a lot of times you, people write songs about, you know, who they lost. And I wanted to write it more about the experience of watching the people that, uh, that were left behind after they lost a loved one and what they were going through, uh, you know, during it and after. So I tried to write it more into that perspective, Um, you know, and the line made it, you know, is in the song, you know, when will the memories make me smile again? And anybody that's lost anybody, you're going to, you go through the mourning periods and everything, but if you're lucky enough that you have those kind of memories with that person, Hopefully at some point you feel okay that you can get together with your friends or talk about uh, that person and reminisce and talk about the stories that did make you laugh and have them make you laugh again, you know, because the memories are all we're going to have after that. And it's much better to focus on the good ones, especially the ones that are going to make you laugh.
0: Was there a point around Gigi's passing that you thought about putting Heaven's Edge to bed, or was it more of a situation that touched you that said, you know, life is short and we can't not try to make this new album and try to do this one more time?
1: Um, I would say there was a a brief time. We definitely discussed whether or not we should continue going forward. And um, at the time that he passed, uh, we had already been booked On the Monsters of Rock cruise the following winter. He had passed away in August. And so we knew that that was hanging out there. um, That we needed to give them an answer if we were going to do this or not. And the more the four of us talked about it. We just thought that, you know, the, the legacy of the band and the legacy of George. Would just disappear and just vanish if we stopped. And. You know, we know this isn't going to last forever. We're all getting older and everything. But we were like, you know what? If we have the opportunity to go out there and represent the band in a proud way and represent George in a proud way and and continue on with this music and continue on with the band, then we're, in a way, we're kind of keeping him with us, you know, and his spirit alive in all of this because George lived for this. I mean, George was born to be a rock star. He wasn't born to you know that was what he was put on this earth to be nothing that was him and um i make him sound shallow he had other he was he was a good dad and and all that stuff but when it came to what he was put here to do he was a rock star and even throughout the time of making this record we would just be like oh my god george would freaking love this george would be losing his mind and um we fortunately, I fortunately knew uh, Jaron Galino, who is now our uh, bass player, much younger than us, but one of the hardest working people you'll ever see, um, one of the nicest people you are, you know you ever want to meet, incredibly talented bass player, and um, you know, and he was he was on the road with the band Tantric at the time. Um, since then, he had joined a band called the Life Project with. Uh, uh, Cassandra Carson, who's a singer in Paralandra, and um, oh, what's his name? I think it's Josh, the guitar player from Stone Sour. So he had the Life Project going on. Then, uh, I guess, I don't know, five, six months ago, he joined Lynch Mob as well. <laughs> and um, But I talked to, uh, to the guys about Jaron, you know, because we just wanted something that, we needed something that was going to match the energy what George had on stage. And we were like, okay, uh, somebody our age isn't going to match the energy that George had. You know, he was like the Ever-Ready ever Everettie bunny. He just never stopped once he got on stage. And so we are like, okay, we'll go for somebody younger. And I was like, wait, I know a guy. And um, I sent them a short, like, 30-second clip from Facebook that I saw of Jaron on stage with Tantric. And they were like, he's perfect. Does he want to do it? I said, I don't know. I'll have to ask him. And so I got in touch with Jaron and asked him, and he would First, he was like, "You're kidding me, right?" And I said, "No, I'm dead serious." He's like, "I'm in, I'm in." And I said, "Well, what about the dates? I mean, if we have a show, or whatever." He's like, "I'll find him. I'll find a way to make it work." And he would do that. Like we we would have a gig, and he'd fly in from you know Montana or Michigan or God knows where, and do the gig and leave. Um, but we we brought him in, and it it, it did give the band some energy. He's uh, got a a great playing style and it definitely gave us some energy. And then when we went out and did the the Monsters of Rock Cruise, which were the first shows that we did, we'd ever done without George and with, with Jaron up on stage, Jaron was, he's just, he's a natural up there. And um, a lot of people already knew who he was because of, you know, being in tantric and such. And um, people just accepted him. And, we were, we were thrilled. And so we were like, okay, this is going to work. We can continue. And like I said, at that point there, we didn't even know that we were going to be recording a new record. So a lot happened since then. But um, yeah, it was only a brief time that we thought about, you know, just packing it in because of that. Because I think George would have come down and smacked this all in the head. So What are you, are you kidding me? You got a chance to do this? You're going to say no?
0: <laughs> How'd you end up signing the deal with Frontiers for this album?
1: They, it was strange. Uh, You know, (laughs) we got signed back in the day. We were the ones out pursuing the record deal this time. And I kid you not, we were not pursuing, we're not, we were not even thinking about a record deal or anything like that. And it's, which is funny because we've got a, I mean, our drummer is a record executive. Now he owns his own label. Um, And, (laughs) but he wasn't going to sign us because he was, well, he was a road runner at, at the time and they were much heavier than we are um, uh, but it wasn't even in our mind and frontiers reached out to us. They, you know, reached out to us about doing it. And we had a video chat with them and they explained to us what the deal was. They explained to us, a three record deal. So if we can somehow pull this off, there's going to be two more. If we can survive it. Um, but you know, they talked to us about it and we're like, you know what? I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but we're going to sign a record deal at our age. But if you're at our age and you're a band like us to be able to go, yeah, I'm on the same label now as journey and Toto and white snake and night ranger. And, you know, everybody else under the sun, just about uh, winger. Um, you know, it's, you know, it's kind of hard to believe, but it was, it was hard to say no to. And, uh, you know, they're a strong label. They've been great with us. They really, kind of let us do our thing. They wanted us to put out the heaven's edge record that we wanted to put out. They weren't going to go, Oh, you have to this, or you have to that. They, they let us do our thing. So that was nice as well.
0: And you guys are going to be hitting the road to uh promote the album. It looks like festival roots. I don't know if you got anything beyond M3, the new England rock fest, or what do you got beyond that?
1: Um, We are doing a show in, uh, I think it's Frenchtown, Pennsylvania, uh, in late August with um, a couple of of local bands. One, uh, you might know them as either Rough House or Tease, but they were a band that was also on Columbia Records and kind of went through the same shit we did. Um, But they're a local uh, band as well. Uh, so it's going to be us uh, with Rough House and another local band called Sick Vicky, I believe, is going to be uh, with us as well. But that'll be in August. September, I know we are going to Hamburg, Germany. We're doing a festival over in Hamburg. And then we have the New England Fest in um, October. We're working on a bunch of, you know, some other dates over the summer. Um I know we do have some stuff coming up next year that I can't talk about right now because they'll be upset because I announced it. Um, But we're working on it. It's kind of a new thing for us, you know, to have a new record coming out and everything that that goes with it. So we're kind of just going along for the ride and see what happens because it's all been a surprise so
0: far. So you guys... Released your debut album in nineteen ninety. You you released a couple of singles from the album shortly after that. You switched labels. Uh, nothing really manifested from there, and you guys kind of went dormant for a little while. Well, a long while. Yeah. What, what brought you guys back together?
1: Um. In two thousand and twelve, uh, I had. Um, been contacted by a guy, a promoter in Ireland named uh, Kieran Dargan. And he had been running for the, I think, you know, eight or nine years before then in Nottingham, England, every year, he was doing a weekend festival called Firefest. And um, he had messaged me on Facebook, you know, this is uh, my name, this is what I do, we're doing this festival over here, Uh, you know, and I would love to have your band come over and do it. So I got back to him and I said, well, one problem, we're not a band. <laughs> we haven't done a full show in 20 some years. And um, so he was very persistent, you know, and I wasn't blowing him off, but it was kind of like, "How?" you know, I haven't, I haven't seen a, a few of these guys in a few years. I mean, Reggie and I always stayed in touch. Dave and I stayed in touch, you know, some, but it wasn't, and George and I, but it wasn't, you know, an all the time thing. And, um, so finally Kieran said, "Look, can I call you? I said, okay. So he calls me up and explains to me what the deal is. And he's like, look, Mark, you're going to come over for the weekend. I promise you are going to treat you like gold. You are going to feel like rock stars all weekend. And then you're going to fly back home. And on Monday morning, you're going to have to take the trash out just like you always do. And I was like, oh, okay, great. And, uh, So I told him on the phone, I said, Kieran, all I can tell you is that I promise you I will reach out to the guys. And if they're interested, we will get together and we will rehearse. And if we don't suck beyond repair, um, then I'll let you know that we're going to come to England. And we got together and the chemistry of the band was just easy again. I mean, we got together and we're like, wow, didn't expect that. (laughs) And, uh, So we agreed and we ended up going over and playing this a uh to this like sold out festival over in england and could not have been more shocked at the the reaction because we never we had never gone to europe and played so we had no idea um that there was even a fan base over there even though kieran was very adamant mark you're going to be shocked you're not going to believe it people love you guys over here and i I can still remember actually like hyperventilating because the a lot of the, the festivals it's just the band the next band the next it just you know you're just going and so there isn't that okay let's get up on the stage and set things up and get used to how everything is and none of that it's like okay you guys are on at 15 all right and then the curtain's up and you walk out on stage the guys plug their guitars in and a couple of minutes later the curtain drops and it's go time and when the curtain dropped and i just saw all those people i was like breathe breathe like I said, it had been so many years and you go from, okay, instead of just like a, a little warm-up gig, like, here, let's play this big festival in another country and you know, and not have the chance, like I said, the sound check, you know, get to know the stage, anything like that. But that happened and we did the meet and greet and everything over there, and we were sold. We were like, wow, we can still do this. And, uh, you know, so little by little each year, more and more came up. And then, you know, a couple of years ago, Frontier's called. So now we've got uh, even more to talk about. So now with the new record, you know, some new shows coming up, getting to play new music after all these years, it's going to be a lot of fun.
0: Those are all the questions I have for you today. Uh, The new album by Heaven's Edge is Get It Right. It comes out May 12th on Frontier's Music. And like I said earlier, you guys, you got it right. Thank you so much, George. I really appreciate that. Once again, I want to thank Mark Evans of Heaven's Edge for coming on the Rock is George podcast. Be sure to check out their latest album, Get It Right, out May 12th on Frontier's Music. Head over to your favorite music streaming platform. Take a listen to what's available. If you like what you hear, buy a physical copy. Support the artist. For all things Heaven's Edge, head over to their official Facebook page, slash Heaven's Edge Band. I also want to thank John Freeman of Freeman Promotions and Frontiers Music for making this interview possible. You've been great. I've been George Dion. I'll see you again soon.